all humans can be in a high state of consciousness so that we do all become earth keepers so we do remember that that is what we're here to do and actually we're custodians of this planet and we're here to um we're here to bring magic not to destroy everything that we touch you know so and that comes from consciousness that comes from us understanding it comes from us looking at our at looking at ourselves deeply and and hurting the parts of us or healing the parts of us that are hurting rather Hello, welcome to Soul Awakenings with Madhya Sosan podcast. Today we have a very loving warm guest with us and her name is Christina Betty. Now Christina is uh, a co-creator of Human 5.0 supporting leaders to expand their consciousness and reach their highest potential. Uh, Christina is trained in IFS, uh, quantum liberation, EFT, access consciousness, Reiki, and the list goes on. She is also trained as a Sattva yoga teacher and an earth keeper initiated through indigenous cultures of the Americas. She works in partnership with spirit to assist with the ongoing uh, evolution of the self and the planet, as well as being guided by the galactic mind calendar and the treasures the stars hold for us to expand with grace and ease. Uh, she has uh, co-authored a book, you, you Are a Genius, and is currently in final edits of her second edition of a book called You Too Can Bloom, a simple guide for the personal awakening process to thrive with grace and ease. Now, without further ado, let's bring this beautiful human on. Hi, Christina. How are you doing? I am really good, Nadiha. How are you doing, my darling? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much. Um, okay. I've met you, uh, well, we've been friends for, what, like over a year now? And um, yeah. yeah, so I met you at uh, Roger Hamilton's, uh, one of the Roger Hamilton's event. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, it's so funny because um, I left my stainless steel bottle um at the event and um and i texted you to ask whether you guys um you you guys are there and you have it um and you did <laughs> and uh, uh we found out that we actually lived two minutes away from each other yeah <laughs> all Absolutely. those years yeah it's just funny <laughs> it's funny how the universe brings us together and then obviously uh, I got to know you more and obviously connected with you in a, in a level that I've never connected with anyone else, you know, and I still say this, that, you know, you carry such a warm, loving energy that, you know, uh, nothing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. Um, and I want the audience wow. to see that as well. Oh, thank you so much, Madiha. You know, it's, I think it's actually coming up two years now. Two years? Because, yeah. Wow. That because that event was in the December, mm. so it would have been December the year before last, not last December. I thought it was in July or July. May. It was definitely before, <laughs> was it? Okay, no, it, never mind the dates. <laughs> <laughs> 
we, we, we timelines don't exist where we live <laughs> exactly time and space is not even a thing <laughs> okay so obviously uh, our listeners don't know uh, who you are so could you yeah. uh, tell us a bit about yourself a brief overview for our listeners yeah okay so um so hello everybody my name is Christina and um I I work as a coach and also as a healer um I'm trained in many different uh, modalities of healing um internal family systems EFT um I'm also a yoga teacher a satva yoga yoga teacher um and I think over the years I just blended lots of different modalities together to be able to to help help people and my biggest passion is to um support people to into their fullest expression so it's like really helping people on their evolutionary journeys and to to delve deep into themselves to be able to uncover the the magic and the wisdom inside so that's that's what I do um, and that's how I help people and um and through that we've myself and my partner Daniel we've done a lot of work within the entrepreneurial community as you mentioned we ran events with with Roger Hamilton so really kind of bringing um bringing a sense of consciousness and spirituality into leadership as well as being something that we've we've been a part of so yeah fingers in lots of different pies definitely don't have a particular label that I attach to but um but yeah just blending lots of different things in um as as they interest me really mm. So, yeah that's yeah. brilliant um because like I don't really see much of uh business and spirituality together and you guys are like sort of a perfect fit to bring all this together and it's 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 beautiful to see actually it's very rare but it's beautiful to see yeah I think it's getting more and more you know it's increasing more and more mm. um and you know conscious leadership wasn't even a thing whereas now it's you know there are people that are that are holding that baton all over the all over the world actually now mm. um so it is it's infiltrating um mm. slowly but surely mm. um but yeah so okay awesome um so um going back to your childhood what was your child uh, childhood like what were you like as a child what was how was your upbringing your the environment that you lived in yeah so I grew up in a little town um in Yorkshire mm-hmm. and um my my upbringing was um was was good in to all intents and purposes you know I had a really loving family um my my parents were were supportive and um they're still together now and going strong and really showed me that love long term was was possible mm. um and um and they had good relationship with my my family and 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 friends so in terms of my my upbringing it was very um very privileged actually mm-hmm. um we didn't have huge amounts of wealth or anything like that but it was just we were comfortable and we could afford a takeaway on a saturday night and you know it was just it was just a a middle class working class type mm. upbringing uh, mm. for me in in Nasborough, which is where i grew up yeah so were you like a a sensitive child because i when i see you um now i i get that vibe off you you're still quite uh you seem sensitive gentle soul uh what did that sort of um play a huge part in your life like you like in terms of your relationships and you know uh the things that you were the environment that you were in yeah definitely i think i always I always had a um like a like a mature outlook like mm. I always I remember 
um, speaking to trees when I was younger and having a really good relationship with the tree at the bottom of the garden. And I remember, um, I remember one time I, my mum had told me off for something and I can't remember how old I was, but I was just kind of reasoning with myself that she was only doing it because she, she was protecting me and she was looking out for me and there wasn't anything for me to be upset or angry about. She wasn't actually angry at me. It was like, I just naturally had this understanding mm. of what was happening mm. um, rather than getting too embroiled with that. And I think my sensitivity, probably, I realized more as I've gone into my own inner work journey, how that sensitivity had played out when I was younger. Mm. Um, I didn't necessarily realize it at the time. Mm. Um, I think my system, uh, my internal system did a really great job of just bringing up loads of protectors. Mm. So it was just um, allowed me to, to not feel it too much. Um, however, as I've gone in, I've really started to unpick and understood that, that yeah, definitely the sensitivity was there from a very young age mm. and was having a more profound effect on me than than I really realized at the time. Mm. Um, and also, you know, it was a really great lesson for me that, um, you know, I had a very privileged upbringing in, in mm. many, many ways and hadn't gone through the a lot of the turmoil that you think of, um, you know, parents getting divorced or um, different situations that might arise. I hadn't experienced any of that. And yet there was still so much to unpick. Mm. Um, and for me, it was it, it distributed itself as like a lack of confidence and mm. lack of self-worth. And um, that sensitivity had had gone into unconscious patterns where I um, I wasn't showing up as myself and was scared to be myself, mm. um, which I'm still unraveling now, right? It's still, um, it still is a process that I'm going through. Um, but yeah, so sensitivity definitely was something that was, was present. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah we, it's just still unpicking. Yeah, we, we often like sensitive souls, we often, um, suppress a lot of our feelings in um because and you know like i said like you can walk into a room you know and feel what the, what's going on in the room you don't even have to yeah. they don't even have to say anything and you're like a sponge and it's it's so easy it's so it's so easier to get like uh, overwhelmed by everything that's going on around you um yeah yeah so there's it, it's you know it's it, <laughs> it's one of those things where you know you, you have to sort of work through especially if you're if you're an empath you have to go in and set boundaries and don't be afraid to say no and you know being empowered in that sensitivity and it, it takes yeah. quite a lot of work to, you know it takes it takes years or even lifetime to uh do the work yeah absolutely and and i think as well it's we take so much on ourselves when we're little, you know, and, and people say some things and sometimes it's not even a big deal, you know, it's just some bit, a slight handed comment from your brother or your sister, or it's mm. just something that you witness within your, you know, your cousins playing. Mm. And in that moment, you, you take something on of an understanding of learned behavior and you, mm. you vow to yourself that you're not going to be in that space or you're not going to allow somebody to feel that or, if somebody else is is hurting or upset you take that on and feeling like it's your fault or this was certainly my experience of like of just feeling like things were my fault and I was responsible for other people's mm. feelings and emotions mm. which then stopped me from from being in my fullest or allowing myself to um to really connect in 
um, and to not speak my truth and all of these just tiny little little things mm. that over time just become our natural way of being and we don't realize mm. that actually there is another way um but yeah so I think it is and definitely having that empathetic um because I do I walk into a room now and, and I just feel it I I, I just yeah. sense it and I'll, I'll know yeah. that something's not right and just be able to tune into it mm. so that's always been there um, yeah. it's just I think you kind of shut it down a little bit as you mm. as we get older yeah I absolutely agree were you brought up in a spiritual household then um I wouldn't say so um my my grandma well you know, it's not necessarily that my family weren't spiritual or were spiritual. My grandma went to church every um, every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to, my, my parents sent me to Sunday school when I was younger, but I only went for a few weeks. And then I literally came home and just said to mum, I don't want to go back there again. Um, and mum said, okay, fine, mm-hmm. fair enough. Mm-hmm. And I still to this day don't know why. Um, I had that reaction. I don't know if something happened or if um, if it was just that I just didn't resonate with it. I've never really resonated with um, organized religion. It's just not struck a chord with me at all. I went when my grandma passed. Um, I did go when I was about seven. I went to church for a few months, but again, it just didn't it didn't didn't light me up. But there was always an openness in my family. Um, you know, like my my mum had had experiences where she'd seen ghosts, and my sister also had had experiences where she had seen um, had seen beings that had passed on. Mm. And there's lots of stories around my granddad had visited the family when he'd passed on and given a warning, and mm. so there was kind of this um, this curiosity within my family. Mm. Um, my grandma used to remember she used to. Um, she used to um, read my tea leaves in the morning mm. um, when we were having morning tea. And I just remember being like totally fascinated by it. But there wasn't, the, the, no, none of them would have actively have called themselves healers or mm. would have, were, were really on a spiritual path. They went into kind of daily rituals or, but they just, they, they believed that there was something beyond this material world. Mm. And they were curious about that. Mm. Um, but no, I wasn't born into anything that was particularly strong, if mm. that if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally get it. Um, So now I'm aware that you were a bit of a party animal. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you think being a sensitive soul uh, sort of led you on a self-destructive path? Um, I think... Like, because I've reflected back on all of this for, for, you know, over the years. And I think that it was my lack of confidence in myself and my inability to be, be myself mm. and a f- real deep-seated fear, actually, of what other people thought of me that stopped me from, like, I would never have danced in front of people or sung in front of people or expressed myself... And then when I got into kind of early to mid-teens, probably early teens, if I'm being perfectly honest, found alcohol and all of a sudden I'd have a few drinks and all those inhibitions, all those fears would just drop away. Mm. And then in that moment, it was like, I could be the me that I knew that I was, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm. But then I would drink too much 
Hmm. And I would wake up in the morning, sometimes not having any recollection of what had happened hmm. the night before or remembering and wishing I didn't remember what had happened the night before or upsetting people or sleeping with people or just all of these things that were just like things I wouldn't dream of doing when I was sober that actually had completely the opposite effect Mm. and made the fear of what people think of me the despising myself at times Mm. it brought that cycle deeper Mm. and more more expansive so that just got kind of like increasingly worse um peaking whenever I would have a breakup from a boyfriend and then I just kind of go mental just be like getting drunk every single night Mm. so I think it was definitely linked to being sensitive Mm. and and I think it was just I was trying to find a way of being me Mm. and the only way that I could do that was by numbing out the parts of me that were in overprotection zone Mm. So then when I found cocaine in my early 20s, that was like brilliant because I could drink, but I never got drunk (laughs) (laughs) because the cocaine would just balance me out. And, and, And that was kind of like, and then, you know, I kind of got into pills and all sorts of different other like party drugs. Like I was, I would never have called myself an addict. Like, I remember the first person that ever gave me some cocaine said, don't ever take it sober, Christina. Mm. If you take it sober, then you're on a slippery slope. Just Mm. make sure you always take it with alcohol and you'll be fine. So I just stuck by that rule. (laughs) (laughs) And it served me, it served me, Mm. served me well, you know, and, and yes, I spent way too much money on, on drugs. Um, And, but I, it, it, it balanced me out. I never did anything on when I was on drugs that mm. I regretted. I always mm. was fully compartmentous, but it meant that I could party because I would get to like 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning when I was just on alcohol and I would mm. fall asleep mm. or I'd be going home or I'd be doing something stupid. Whereas mm. drugs, five, six o'clock in the morning, two, three days later, I would mm. still be kind of going terrible on my mm. body, like my mm. physical body. Mm. Um, but yeah, like mm. I'm not necessarily condoning drugs, but my experience of, of drugs was 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 fun. Like I, I had a lot of fun with them. Yeah. Um, and again, the same thing. It, it it dissolved all of the um dissolved all of the um the parts yeah, within me that yeah, that, yeah. That, that were not feeling good enough or enough mm. or and just allowed me to walk in my presence. Mm. Um And then my experiences with drugs started to get a bit more psychedelic Mm. and I started to have spiritual experiences Mm. with working with, with drugs. Mm -hmm. And that then started to, it was almost like an aid to help my spiritual awakening actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then the drugs that weren't supporting that then fell to one side Mm. and they they dissolved and it became more about spiritual exploration Mm. with working with substances rather than just getting high and having a good time 
that yeah. makes sense yeah absolutely yeah. agree i mean i you know um there are a lot of people who who've been through trauma or really rough life experiences that you they run to drugs and alcohol um and actually i was having this conversation with you um a couple of days ago about be uh, like bypassing the healing process so what that this is exactly what it is you know you sort yeah. of numbing that part of you that needs to be healed um because for 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 amount of time it's okay, but then later on in your life it's gonna it's it's gonna ha- it's gonna cause havoc um, um, on your body if you overuse it. Um, so I totally get you, uh, you know, there. And what I find is a lot of sensitive people, t- like they, a lot of sensitive people turn to drugs, and it's it's. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've been th- through trauma. Majority of them have, but there are quite a lot of people I've noticed that empaths and sensitive souls tend to alcohol or drugs, um, mm-hmm. and which kind of overrides their system. It, it overwhelms them even more. So they, they, but they don't recognize what what's happening, but they just keep doing it. You know, it's like yeah. they're not trusting that intuition. There's always that intuition. Okay, you need to slow down. You need to stop. You need to this, this. but they they can't because this everything from the outside is coming in. It's overwhelming you to some yeah. degree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I think there's there's different levels of of kind of alcohol alcohol use and drug use. You know, like some people just have a couple of drinks on a weekend. Some people have a bottle of whiskey a day and it's the same with drug use as well you know like some people just have a bits on a weekend or or at a party or whatever and, and sometimes it, it can it can turn into into more kind of like drug abuse I guess um mm. and addiction mm. um and and I do agree I think that it is very much um more those sensitive types of people because it's a numbing tool, it's it's yeah. a soothing tool. It allows it allows the pain of whatever that is to be subsided. And whether or not that's um, whether or not that's lacking in confidence or self esteem, as it was within my case, or whether or not that is like serious trauma that you just want the memories to go away, or you just want the the feelings to to be subsided. So. You know, and what's what's really interesting, though, Mads, is that now they're actually starting to prove um, they're doing scientific studies now mm-hmm. that a lot of the, um, the the drugs are beneficial for depression and PTSD. And, really? you know, like mm-hmm. so, yeah, so like MDMA um, and um, psilocybin are being used in studies now mm-hmm. um, to be able to ease the the um the symptoms of depression and and I, I feel like when we're um it's just that we've not been in right relation with these substances you know mm. and and I think that that is that is a part of it and and don't get me wrong though I look back sometimes at some of the things that I did during those years and think mm. holy macaroni I do not know how I'm still alive <laughs> like you know I went to I went to Ibiza for a week and did not sleep the whole week <laughs> right because I was just like literally it took me about three months to recover Mm. Um, and you know, at times I'd be laid in bed and I could like feel my heart pounding in my chest and was like, am I going to actually die from a heart attack? And mm. just, you know, thankfully spirit had other things in store for me than to mm. die in my bed in London <laughs> from a heart attack, <laughs> but it was possible. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it is, it's, you are, it's a scary thing to be doing when, when, when you're working with those types of substances. Um, 
Yeah. And there is always that addictive quality. But I just feel like um, the more that we understand these substances and actually can not necessarily fear them, that there, there are uses for them to be able to to use them therapeutically. Mm. Um, because, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that, that need support. And, and, and I actually think that actually pretty much all of us have have trauma. Like it's a spectrum, but I don't believe there's anyone on this planet that's not had some kind of traumatic event. Like Mm. the birth in itself is a traumatic event, like, you know, (laughs) so (laughs) nobody gets out of that with you don't get in here without going through that. Yeah. So, you know, and and the first time your mom and dad leave you like that is a traumatic event. Mm. Just there's so many as you're becoming an independent human. Mm. There's there's all of these little micro little traumas that are in our system that we respond in different ways. And obviously some people have got a much wider spectrum and they've gone through real, real um, challenges throughout their lives. Um, so it's like this whole spectrum, but we, we've all got this work to do. And that was, yeah. it's been one of the biggest teachings um, yeah. that I've, that I've learned over the last few years since mm. I've been doing all of this work. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. Uh, trauma isn't just a big, huge thing. There's little subtle things, little, little traumas. If someone just says something to you when you're younger that you're holding that trauma until 30 or something, you know, it's, 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 it's I totally agree with you there. Um, so yeah. what was, um, obviously you were like out par- partying all the time, numbing um, all your feelings and emotions. So what was the turning point that led you on a path of a transformation so I think the 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 point was meeting Daniel my partner mm-hmm. so that was in 2010 um and we parted together for a little while so it wasn't necessarily like all of a sudden everything changed mm-hmm. because we were kind of not on the same level but on the same level mm-hmm. um and then but what what that did was he introduced me to thinking about things in everything being energy. Cause one of the other things that I had done when I moved to London, so, so I, I um, left Yorkshire and then I kind of, I've lived all over the country, but I moved to London when I was about 23 and I worked, I worked in recruitment and I just completely shut myself down. Like, you know, I was saying that my grandma used to read my tea leaves and, you know, I was like really interested in, in energy books and chakras and understanding about astrology and all that kind of thing when I was a teenager. But I just completely, through fear of what others would think of me, mm. had just let all of that go. And I just became like a city bitch basically for lack of a better word with high heels and sharp suits and just um just working in recruitment and if you weren't making me money I didn't want to speak to you and you know it was like just that type of attitude and my my energy was 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 there and then all of a sudden this hippie (laughs) comes into my life (laughs) and literally I was like what do I see in this guy like flowers in my hair like what do I see in this guy um and but it was meant to be right it was meant to be and and I was coming together I kind of pulled out his corporateness because it was in there like a real business savvy he just come back from three years traveling. So he was like, just wanted to be back in a hammock on a beach somewhere. Um, and he'd had to come back to the UK. Mm. So 
um, and and I was like running a recruitment office, like a super successful team in the city of London. Like, so I, we were just total opposites. But he brought in all of this idea of like that this isn't just material, that mm. this isn't just 3D matter. Mm. And he brought in um, the concept of everything being energy. And then he just like went on this mad personal development journey and mm. I remember him going to his first event and I just moved. We've been together a year. I just moved from London to Manchester. And I remember him getting back from this happy, clappy personal development event. Mm. And he'd spent ridiculous amounts of money and signed up to do this program for a year, basically. Mm. And I remember looking at him and thinking, holy shit, he's different, like Mm. completely different. And I've just moved my whole life to be with this guy. Mm. And he's going on this journey for a year. I need to get on board of this journey. Otherwise, he's going to leave me behind. Like, I could just see that. Mm. So I reluctantly, and it was reluctant, stepped into personal development Mm. and started going to, like, Tony Robbins and met John Kehoe, one of my really dearest teachers, and... um, and like just went on this whole journey of uh, who's it? T. Harv Ecker. I don't know if you ever came across mm-hmm. T. Harv Ecker. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we kind of stepped into this world of personal development, and um, that was just a massive initiation for me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really interested in all the um, all the make money fast <laughs> kind of thing. That 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 didn't really interest me. But what really interested me was what they were talking about about. Um, again, everything being energy and the the seed of human potential, and that that woke something in me of um, wow. Okay, so we are the creators of our reality. That's interesting. That's mm. really interesting because I'd never heard that before, mm. and I was like, this is this is a completely different way of thinking, and mm. it led me onto a path of. Um, I think actually the word is obsession. I used it the other the other week and and, and, and I, I did. I became really obsessed with the concept of everything being energy. Mm-hmm. And I just I feel like it was it was meant to be that way and it awoke, mm-hmm. it awoke that seed within me of my potential. And then I've just been following that for mm-hmm. the last seven, seven years. Wow. Um yeah. So mm-hmm. so then I I, because I was already on a healing journey because I'd, I'd got eczema all over my body and um, and I was determined not to do it, the traditional allopathic type medicine mm-hmm. route. So I was working with a homeopath and tried Chinese and all sorts of different things. So I was already kind of dipping into alternative types of, um, of, of healing. Um, and then it just ramped up and I started to see... Um, hypnotherapists and EFT practitioners and um, just all sorts of different people who would be able to help me to dig in and dig in and dig Mm. in and dig in Mm. Um, and um, and that's yeah that's what that's what I did that was your your spiritual awakening so you know it doesn't have to be bang spiritual awakening it could be just subtle thing that someone says or a book that you read and that's it you're on a path of obsessive path on oh my god there's so much more to life than we think you know yeah 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 
And I think like you meeting Daniel is um, the way you describe it. It's like you were totally the opposite. You know, he, mm-hmm. was, he was on this side of you this, and you came together. And it's not it's not something that you see because, you know, most people in relationships, they look, OK, I need a person who has the same interest as me, who has everything, this, that, the other, you know, on the same path as me. But you were totally on a different path. But it, you somehow yeah. came together and you uh, you are growing. Like, you know, even when I see you guys together, it's just, it's such an amazing thing. Your my relationship goals, really. So it's, it's, you know, you guys are so cute together. You guys are so conscious and aware. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. It's not always. Because because we're both we're both growing, right? Yeah, and yeah. and we're 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 digging into our stuff all the time. And mm-hmm. um, you know, like it's it's like our house is like a constant therapy session mm-hmm. a lot of the time, you know, of us working through different parts of our system and and it's nothing gets left. Like there's yeah. no stone left unturned in our house. Mm-hmm. So it can be tiring and it can be challenging as well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately that it just, that's, I feel like that's what we're here to do, yeah, you know? This, and, yeah, I yeah. was about to say, this is the work that you need, you are here to do. And I was speaking to someone yeah. the other day about when you meet your soulmate or it's just a label, but when you meet that person, um, they don't just bring up the light in you, they bring up the shadow in you as well. And most people run as soon as the shadow comes up. Um, yeah. And so it's very rare that souls stay, stay together and work through those those shadows and the healing process and everything. And, and it's great to conscious beings coming together, uh, even though he was he was more aware bef- before he met you, but then two conscious beings working on the same, uh, like the, the issues and the healings and the triggers. And it's beautiful to see that's, I, you know, I, that's how it should be. Mm, yeah, you, you are a mirror to one another Mm. 24 hours I mean we work together live together like we do everything pretty Mm. much together Mm. so you know that has its blessings but it also is really challenging yeah you know and it's like the person that you're in relationship with that close relationship there's no barriers you know like you know I I speak to him in ways I wouldn't speak to anybody else yeah um and and the same with him to me and he brought parts of my system come up that wouldn't come up with anybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's, it's like this just constant reflection of one another. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like, like you say, it's, it's, it can be challenging, but it is so worth it. It yeah, really is so absolutely. worth it. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's just understanding that. And I, I think actually, like, IFS and internal family systems and that as a model, mm-hmm. And understanding that we are multi-parted and understanding that whatever is being expressed that is not in self-energy is a part of the system. It's not the truth of who of who we are. Mm. That really helps mm. with us and our communication because it's like speaking for a part and to be able to receive the other's part stops projection and it stops um it stops those feelings of um 
just makes it smoother and there's less hmm. attachment if hmm. that makes sense yeah, so, I totally get it. yeah I that that was that was a big turning point actually when I did my well when we were first introduced to IFS and then when I went and did my trainings hmm. um that was yeah that was that was huge to shift hmm. um and helped help the healing process to accelerate as well hmm. yeah, uh, yeah totally get that so I know uh, that you are a Satva, Satva, is that how you say it? Satva yoga teacher? Satva, yes. Satva, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So what is Satva yoga then? So Satva yoga is, um, so Satva means pure. Um, so it's a, um, it's type of yoga that is like a fully integrative practice. So a lot of the times in um, in the Western culture, when we think of yoga, we think of down dog and up dog, and we think of the the movement part of, of yoga, and that is definitely a part a part of yoga. Um, and but it's one of the it's one of the um, aspects of yoga. So it's also got in um, a lot of Kundalini. It's got in a lot of pranayama. So really strongly working with the breath. Um, as well as a lot of rituals and working with the, the elements in different ways. So it's a really beautiful um, practice. And, and when, I was, um, when I was looking at, um, at taking that energy understanding to a next level, mm-hmm. um, I didn't really necessarily want to, want to be a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just told that I needed my – I was told by um, – by a plant, by the plant medicine, actually, that my body needed to be stronger for the next phase and that I needed to go and I needed to do my yoga teacher training. Mm. So I, I went and went to India and, and did my satva. Mm. Um, and a really dear um, um, sister of mine, um, Natasha, mm. um, she was already a satva yoga teacher. So I'd already been doing her classes mm. and it just really resonated for me. Um, so it's kind of a mix of breath work and kundalini yoga and and um, asana yoga with like the hatha yoga in there as well, um, as well as really understanding and um, and connecting in with 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 nature. Mm. So it's yeah, it's kind of a bit of a mixed bag. And um, Satva is based, um, the teaching center is based up in Rishikesh, so it's right up in the Himalayas, and and it's more in the Yoga Vedantic tradition. So it's more um, northern. India rather than the, the, the southern India which is more kundalini yoga mm. is, is from the south so, so yeah what is the benefits of this yoga yeah so for me I really see it as being you're working very deeply on your energy system mm. so it's it's your when you're working with the breath and working with prana you're absorbing in um the life force of mm. of the 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 universe you're you're absorbing in um, all that intelligent life force um so the benefits for me of working with um satva yoga is that um yes when you're doing like a hatha yoga for example yes you are you're working with the breath and you're sinking the breath with your movements and you're moving your body into different postures and it's important that we're moving but there's something really profound about working with your breath in different types of ways to really just be activating your energy centers really activating each chakra and you know activating your inner fire within you and just moving the energy through and becoming into mastery um and understanding that the positioning is key like understanding that um that clenching your um your perineum and or clenching your um 
like tip of touching the top of your your tongue your tip of your tongue to the top of your mouth just that small twinge can have a profound impact and really understanding the energy body or the physical body mm. as a technology mm. and that has been the biggest thing that I've I've taken and um, that I've never experienced in any other yoga I wouldn't have called myself a yogi like I've been practicing yogi uh, practicing yoga for um for probably about eight nine years mm. um on and off you know like I was never super consistent I I had, went to a class once a week or, or you know kind of that level of yoga um, so I've not really delved into other other types of yoga necessarily, but for me, it's just it just feels like you're accessing and understanding your energy system on a whole different level, hmm. um, and working with the breath. Just, I mean, you you could, your whole body can be tingling, like you're yeah. energizing your system in a yeah. in a completely different way, yeah. um, and yet still having the asana because Kundalini is very much like that. You know, you're kind of sat and you're working with the breath, um, and you're 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 rising the Kundalini up through through the um, through the the system, mm. but it's having that movement of flow allows the distribution of energy. Yeah, so, yeah, I yeah. I go to your weekly um classes, uh, yoga classes, amazing. Honestly, yeah. I feel absolutely amazing afterwards. The breath work and the yoga itself, and it's you're you're a great teacher. You're you're a fantastic teacher. You know, thank um, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Now, <laughs> um, I'm aware that um you are also an earth keeper. Now, something a term that I've never heard of. I'm sure many of our listeners uh, haven't either. Um, earth keeper so what is an earth keeper and what do you do so I see earth keeping as um, just honoring mother nature mm. and giving her gifts and using our energy channels that we have been born with to being in good use for Pachamama and mother earth mm. so that can be done in many different ways. So it can be um, earth keeping for me is picking up litter while you're walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, earth keeping for me is um, offering, making a beautiful flower mandala as a gratitude for the change of seasons. For me, earth keeping is, um, is actually going into kind of like a, a ritual type situation mm-hmm. where um, you're sent, you're, you're offering prayers and mm-hmm. gratitude and thanks to a tree or to some flowers or to a particular sacred site or to a land. And it's about using our individual consciousnesses mm-hmm. to be able to make an offering back to mother nature. Mm-hmm. So earthkeeping is being super grateful for the meal that's on your plate. It's like, it's, it's the tiny little things um there there are definitely there are earth keeping um all of the indigenous tribes are earth keepers that is what they do right they, they they are guardians of this planet and that's the true nature of what each and every single one of us is we've just lost our way a little bit yeah, with totally. high heels and sharp suits and yes. cocaine <laughs> so but but it's it's kind of it's coming back to nature and seeing her for what she really is mm. and honoring that in a way that is just feels right Mm. um Mm. you know like giving 
food before you eat, like, you know, thanking the fire and offering the fire, tobacco or chocolate. Like there's so many different ways that we can honor the earth that's around us and the elements that are around us. So Mm. it's just landing into respect, Mm. respect and honoring and um, union with with Mother Earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Um, do you do you have to do some sort of like ceremony uh, to become an earth keeper, or can anybody be an earth keeper? Um, I mean, you definitely can do trainings with different indigenous tribes. Mm. So I learned an awful lot of my um, techniques through um, Deborah Dunklin, and she did her training with the Caro oh. tradition, who are based in the Andes. Mm-hmm. Um, so she taught me a lot about doing, um, um, like earth gifts and earth prayers and, and that kind of thing. Um, so there, there definitely are ways that you can train. Um, but I think sometimes it just becomes a conscious decision as well, that mm-hmm. I am going to be an earth keeper and I am going to pick up at, <clears throat> at least one piece of rubbish every time I leave the house. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my gift to mother earth every day Mm. do you imagine if every person who actually cared like and there are millions and millions of people that are good people that care but were inspired enough to pick up one piece of rubbish every time they left the house it's not even a big ask right but um but so many of us are just kind of getting on with our day and we don't realize but it's just kind of looking and and could even just be small things like actually I am gonna like take more care with my recycling Hmm. or I am gonna think about where I'm purchasing my my things from and and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy organic instead of buying from chemicals you know I I am gonna um, plant some trees I am gonna you know there's many many different ways that we can show up as being an earth keeper I don't think you necessarily have to do your training Hmm. Um, however there are there are ways that you can train so that you are um, really on point and actively engaging with mm. with planet Earth and, and using the traditions that have been passed down through through the indigenous wisdoms for for a long long time mm. um, and being able to utilize that what they've already learned and how how Pachamama likes to be spoken to and mm. and all that kind mm. of stuff. So you can do that. The, the, there is ways, but. Um, and each each tribe will have their own their own techniques and their own traditions and their own ways of working. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's really beautiful because I remember me and you, Daniel, and uh, Daniel's mom Elaine went for a walk, and you you guys were just you grabbed the bags and you it's like you all throughout the walking and it's like you're putting this rubbish in, and we had like two huge bags of rubbish, yeah. right? It was just, yeah. yeah, so it was just really beautiful to see that you, your love for this planet is like, you know, everyone else was just standing, doing nothing and, you know, even some throwing rubbish on, on the floor and things. But you guys were just picking it up and just putting it in a bag, picking it up. And bring, it was just really, I, I thought, oh, my God, these guys are so cute and so um dedicated to this this planet um and it's where like pachamama i use it all the time i, I use it all the time mm, now it's it's so beautiful yeah it is like I was, we had a, a new moon ceremony um, well i had new moon rituals last night and um in the in the uh, i got out in the balcony and just uh, stood with my hand on my heart and it's like thank you pachamama for everything <laughs> so yeah you see you're doing it yeah yeah, yeah. so it was just incredible just incredible yeah. so, so um 
now i'm aware like you know you you do a lot of like um you, like you have a healing quite a, you do quite a lot of healing modalities right um mm -hmm. you know there's like ifs there's uh eft access consciousness reiki and the list goes on and on um yeah. so what was was it something that you always wanted to do being on a healer's path Definitely not. <laughs> no, no, it did. It, it wasn't. It wasn't ever. It's funny. It's funny because even even as I was doing my training, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm. So I, it sounds really selfish, but every single training that I've ever done has been about my own journey and my mm. own path and my own um, my own healing. And then. Um, and then as I got the skills and sort of saw the, um, saw the potential, um, uh, you know, I couldn't help but share that. Mm. Um, but no, like as I was growing up, I mean, I wanted to be everything, right? I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be like, just like an astronaut. I think I wanted to be a fighter jet pilot at one point. Like <laughs> I, I wanted to be a lot of things, right? I wanted to be a lot of things. Um, but I never enough to actually do anything about it do you know mm. what I mean it was mm. like there was always a reason why I couldn't do that like it was like oh well yeah well I would do that but actually I don't think I'd like that bit or I wouldn't so I knew a lot of what I didn't want to do mm. um and I fell into recruitment because I just wanted a career and it was like they were offering me a career but I didn't even want that job mm. like you know when when she offered it to me I was like oh yeah okay <laughs> it was like, but I was like you know I've got a chance here of earning a decent amount of money and you know like and 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 actually having a career that I can put my hat on so no it wasn't I didn't think I you know I, I want to be a healer that's always been in my in my path mm. um I wanted to um I wanted to heal and I wanted to grow and I want other people to experience the same thing. Mm. Um, like my highest vision is that all humans can be in a high state of consciousness so that we do all become earth keepers. So we do remember that that is what we're here to do. And actually we're custodians of this planet yeah. and we're here to, um, we're here to bring magic, not to destroy everything that we touch, you know? Yeah. So and that comes from consciousness that comes from us understanding. It comes from us looking at our, at looking at ourselves deeply and and heart hurting the parts of us or healing the parts of us that are hurting rather mm -hmm. and really honoring ourselves and coming into love and finding those parts within ourselves to to come into love and gratitude for our journeys and all that we've been on mm -hmm. and um and that is my highest wish and anything that I can do to be a part of that mm -hmm. is is my path that's what I'm here to do mm -hmm. so I um, it wasn't always something that I wanted to do, but it's grown into doing something that I am doing um, yeah. and will continue to do even more. And um, and I will continue to do more trainings yeah. <laughs> because the list does go on. Yeah. But then it's like, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing, right, Mads? It, for me, it's about 
just tuning in like every training I've done is because it resonated and I felt like that feels like that that's my next step mm. and everyone's journey is completely different there are literally thousands and thousands of different healing modalities and yeah. if you speak to any healer they will tell you that theirs is their best is the best way right because yeah. everybody believes that their way is the best way and you know and it, there's there's value in it because it is the best way for them mm. and you know it's like there's some stuff that I think that will sounds really good but actually it's not my path somebody else can pick that up and they can run with that mm. um so yeah it's just for me it's it's just following that and just trusting in that and um and just bringing allowing the trainings and other people's channels to be able to accentuate how I can help people to be in their greatest expression and mm. living their best life like mm. we're here that like it's this this is such a playground and we're not mm. seeing it so it's yeah. like how can we see it how can we live it how can we mm. be it like mm. it's possible for us all I believe that it's just we just got some work to do as a collective first you know the yeah. vision that I was uh, seeing while uh, you were telling me that it's like the universe is sort of preparing you uh, to for you to be at service but when you're going through the training and I don't want to do it you'll be that kid and the universe of the parent <laughs> no I don't want to do it I don't want to do it I don't want to do it it's like it's good for you it's good for you it's good for you until you're like oh yeah it is good for me <laughs> and the other people <laughs> My yoga training was definitely like that. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> Why am I here? This is terrible. Um, yeah, but, but it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's warrior training, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Really you love the warrior energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> um, I know that you're... Um, I know that galactic mind calendar is important part mm. of your soul's work. Um, yeah. So can you explain to our listeners what galactic uh, mind calendar is? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So I work with the dream spell calendar. So there are two Mayan calendars. There's the traditional Mayan calendar and then there's the galactic dream spell calendar, which was basically a guy called Jose Guales. He translated the, um, the galactic, the, the Mayan calendar back in, I don't know the day, I should learn the day, I think it was like the 70s or the 80s. Um, and for me, like, it is definitely a part of my soul's path and calling to be involved with this teachings of time. Um, the way it's, it's a form of astrology, um, but it works off cycles of time. So the, the Mayan Tolkien is nine months um, rather than than kind of like a year. So it's like works in cycles on cycles on cycles. So you've got the, the Tolkien, which is nine months. And then each of us have a, a part of a solar tribe and there's 20 solar tribes. And then we each have a, a resonant frequency within that tribe, which is called a tone. And there's 13 of those. So I, for example, am a blue resonant monkey. Mm -hmm. So I bring that energy into this world and, um, and, it just allows us or it allows me to get a feel for the people that I'm working with to get to have an understanding of their, of their energy. But then also it's allowed me the insight to be able to then track back mm -hmm. to look at what are challenging days for me and understanding my cycles a little bit more. And it's, yeah, it's just been fascinating for me mm -hmm. um, because it's a more natural um, process like when we're thinking about um 
nine months we're in gestation like mm. our it takes nine months for a woman to have a child mm. and you know it's it's more natural these are the natural cycles that we're 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 a part of and the more that I'm delving into it the more that I'm seeing that actually this um this 12 months is more it's 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 locked us off our sacred rhythm mm. in a way so there's a lot of people that are petitioning for us to go back to um, a more traditional nine month calendar. Mm. Um, and I definitely like I'm, I'm really looking forward to when we because we're going to be leaving the country soon mm. and um, and to drop into as much as possible working on a nine month calendar. I did it completely when I was in my training for um, India in India when I was doing, doing my Satva training. Um, I didn't know what day of the week it was. All I knew was that today is a yellow cosmic storm day, a yellow cosmic Sunday or, you know, whatever it might be. And it was really lovely for me to just drop into that completely. Um, now, it's difficult because the whole world isn't on it. Right. So if you yeah. say Thursday at, at Tuesday, I can't say what a yellow cosmic sun at 2 p.m. Like it's, you wouldn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. But yeah. So the, the 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 Dream Spark calendar is just a way for for us to get and opening it like it opens a portal for us to be able to see the world in a completely different way mm. and we've got different energies that are coming through all of the time and we have their weeks of 13 days and they're called wave spells so like at the moment we're in the yellow warrior wave spell we're on the fifth day of the yellow warrior wave spell and the yellow warrior energy is is just that and it's like as a collective we're being called to our warrior energy so mm -hmm. there's fearlessness coming up and and being able to step in and understand our intelligence of mm -hmm. of what it is that we're we're manifesting and and each and every single one of us is engaging with that energy in a very different way mm -hmm. it's showing up for us in a very different way because you you are a different um you are a different um um, avatar from my, myself you're not a blue resonant monkey so it's, it's it's engaging with you differently and you're in a different state of your journey than I'm I'm in my journey so mm. you know it's kind of like unraveling this this cycle and every nine months we come back round and it's like peeling off another layer of the onion mm. and then mm. peeling off another layer of the onion yeah. and then you're getting kind of deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. so yeah it's just such a beautiful thing and when I first found out about the the, the, the galactic Mayan calendar it was it was like something just went off inside me and um and i i remember going to see my my teacher joy t um for the first time and i was like i was like a kid i was literally <laughs> i was bouncing up and down in the seat i was like i'm so excited and i didn't know why i was so excited but <laughs> like, like, like this is just this is really important i don't know how to explain it but it's really really important and and it has been, it has been like the last three or four years that I've been working with the calendar. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's like this, this whole other way of seeing time. Mm -hmm. It's really, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, does this even make sense? <laughs> <laughs> but it's very challenging to really explain. It's like a feeling. And it's also so complicated. No, it's not complicated, but there's so many different facets to it. Yeah, Explaining it in a kind of five-minute overbrief is, yeah. is really difficult. It's, yeah. it's something that if people are interested in, to just explore it mm. and, um, and just allow the, the calendar to speak to you if, it, if it's going to. You know, it might not be a part of your soul's calling, but it certainly is for mine. So, yeah, no, I, I, mm. I love it. 
and yeah. uh, I found it a really great tool. Yeah, I, I absolutely. You usually post like um, uh, uh, wave spells on your Facebook, um, and I usually love reading that because there's, yeah. uh, there's one time that is sort of sticking out was when I first um, started reading on it. Um, what you, you're reading your post, and you you said something about creativity. It was like, oh, okay, and then literally that week I was so creative. It's like, oh my god, there is there must be some truth in this. This is amazing. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was yeah. channeling that, and then the the storm as well it's like yeah going through it right now <laughs> you can resonate with it you know yeah. it so it's you know it's it's good to be aware of these things I mean the first time I um mind cal- calendar came to my mind was like in 2012 when everybody was going absolute bonkers because the world was ending ending or something and you know I was going oh my god the world's gonna end the world's gonna end but then now I realize it's not the physical sort of world that's gonna end it's the old consciousness sort of like a, the shift in a in a paradigm the shift in a consciousness that was the old was dying for the new to make way um yep. so that that's yeah it's, it was such a learning curve for me <laughs> so, yeah yeah no i i because i because back in then 2012 i hadn't um come across the galactic mind calendar at that yeah. point mm. so i was the same i was like oh but but yeah now but now I kind of I understand it that it's it's the end of the long count and and actually we're just transitioning into a whole new way of consciousness and a whole new way of being and um and yeah it's just this whole this whole new energy is coming through and Mm. and we can feel it like things have been pretty bonkers since 2012 like you know and and people are waking up left right and center and really starting to step into themselves and find their joy you know that's what it's all about is how can we be in bliss and be in joy um so yeah they're going to um that's only going to continue yeah Um, yeah that's definitely yeah that's definitely uh one thing that i'm noticing that since 2012 like so many i'm hearing a lot of people spiritually waking up having their spiritual awakening waking up to their truth and and that's what is i think that's what's causing a lot of chaos in the in the world because you know when we i think somewhere i read um about the the earth itself is waking up um yeah. and we are feeling the effects of it and you know so what what we obviously we're part of nature we're part of the earth and if earth is feeling like oh i'm gonna go through a dark night or so we all gonna go through a dark night or so <laughs> that's the way i see it so we're so connected to earth so look at what earth is doing to all these storms that's happening all over the world right now it's 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 we're feeling that on a consciousness consciousness level as well as yeah as the earth as well yeah absolutely i i I agree so uh christina um what's next for you guys now um and also i i'm aware that you have a book coming out um you two can bloom can you tell us a bit about that and obviously what's Mm. next for you and uh, daniel yeah okay so um so yes i do um i've got my book coming out in january um which is you two can bloom and it's really funny you know because back in 2016 um i wrote you two can bloom and um, I was um, I was going through a huge process at that time, and um, I was really kind of making a commitment to myself that it was I was gonna I was gonna start to focus on me, 
um and um and then I was inspired by a coach that I was working with she was like you need to write this down like you need to write everything that's in your heart you need to just get it out there Mm. so I wrote the book in 2016 and I wrote it but I was not I hadn't done enough work to be able to hold it so I kind of did a Facebook post. I've written a book and then <laughs> ran away to Thailand for two months. I was like, never posted ever again about my book or the fact that I'd written a book. Or um, So um, over the last few years, I've done loads of training. I've done loads of like accentuated my um, my. Um, my my understanding my learning so I've I've re-edited it so it's the second edition um but it's pretty much like the first edition really um but it's been in the making for for a little while but it's the whole purpose of UT Can Bloom is to support people on their awakening journey so it's to take people through um through a process and just help people when when we're feeling kind of at the beginning when everything's like new and we're in a bit of chaos and it's like, how, how can I find my center and helping people that have got no experience or knowledge or understanding really that everything's energy and, and, and helping guide people through that process. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the book I wish I could have read like eight, nine, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's going to be coming out in, in January. Um, and then, yeah, huge adventures afoot for Daniel and I. Um, so we're going to be in like three weeks we're going to be leaving our um our home and um for for the last couple of months well in fact for the last couple of years I've been getting really strong messages that um that we need freedom is really important and that we need to be able to go wherever spirit wants to put us um and so we kind of sat down and talked about it and we were thinking we started putting plans in place before all of the lockdowns happened and everything happened with with covid of just like dropping fully into surrender and trust with with the universe and like we daniel and i ran conscious dinner clubs and one of our conscious dinner clubs that we had this beautiful couple and they were sat there like stroking our cat and just like loving her and she was just like oh this is amazing (laughs) i love you two humans and um and they were like, we love cats, but, you know, we'd really like, we, we really want to get one, but we don't know whether or not we're going to be able to, because we're going to be moving house in September. At that time, Daniel and I were looking to leave the house, leave, leave the country in September. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, are you looking to looking for a house in September? And they're like, yeah, we were like, whereabouts are you looking? They're like, kind of around here. <laughs> we were like, oh, maybe really? we need to have a chat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so we did, we had a chat and they were really happy with the house, really happy to take care of the cat, like just basically take everything off our hands. Um, and then COVID happened and we were like, huh, okay, interesting. So Mm. we'll just surrender and trust. And, Mm. and then things have continued to, um, synchronicities and the signs still that, that even though things are really uncertain and things are a bit crazy in the world right now, that it's still important that we go. And so we're two months later than we originally planned, but we're going to be leaving the country. And um, first stop, we're going to be going to Mexico. Oh, wow. What an adventure. I'm so, you know, know. when you told me, I was like, oh, for a week, I was literally crying. I was like, I don't want you to leave. Because, you know, like I said before, I feel this amazing connection with you. And, um, you know, I've actually opened up 
to you i've never opened up to anyone else like the way i will mm. open up to you you know like you see me cry tears everything but you know um you're probably the first person that i i uh, completely opened up to and i'm so so uh, grateful to have you um you know in my life and and i'm also so excited for you and daniel to be on this adventure because you know it's i don't know what it is i just always felt you guys uh aren't meant to be in a business sort of world i just feel mm. that so i just feel that you're you're more a tribal your tribe is calling to you nature's calling to you pachamama's calling to you more and more and i've never actually pictured you guys in a in a business world for too long you know yeah um so it's i think it's great that you're following your path and and i'm i'm you know i wish you all the best in all of your mm. adventures that you are oh, thank you so much you know and and this is the thing like the beauty of the world that we live in today mm. is that it doesn't matter where in the world we are like we'll still be i'll still be doing my weekly yoga classes and you know like daniel will still be doing his future leaders calls and mm. you know like all of this stuff that we do now mm. Um, we'd been re- we'd been guided before lockdown and everything happened to take everything fully online anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so all of our face to face events had all stopped just before lockdown, um, which we were super grateful for. You know, the, having that that foresight because it meant that it was not as stressful um, going through the whole um, lockdown situation. Mm-hmm. But we're still accessible mm-hmm. and we're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I agree, it really does feel like the land is calling. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really interesting because the original intention, we were going to go to India and because of all the COVID now we're going to Mexico. So it's like, okay, so we'll see what's going to be waiting mm-hmm. for us um, in Mexico. Yeah. And yeah, just, yeah, like we'll have to just see what's, what's going to happen, but yeah. um, just being able surrender. to surrender. Yeah, yeah. Trust and surrender. Yeah. yeah trust trust and, surrender and surrender. And, yeah. Absolutely. And just, just know that it's, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. And, mm. You know, the, the, whatever we experience is because we need to experience that for our soul's development and growth. Mm. And every spiritual teacher I've ever worked with always says the same thing, that life is happening for us not and to us. not to us. Yes, yeah? absolutely. And totally absolutely. And, and it's really hard when the proverbial is hitting the fan mm. to hold that. But it's true and um and life is happening for us in every moment even when it feels murky and just trusting that and holding that in our heart yeah so yeah even though even though we might get stuck in mexico and who knows who knows knows? just trust and surrender surrender. right okay so um we are gonna head um in rapid fire questions now before we leave yeah i do this with all my um guests (laughs) so are you ready are you ready i'm about to grill you now oh i love this part okay (laughs) okay so what is your definition of god well my definition of god is um is spirit and the interconnectedness of all things i see god as the weaving web web of reality beautiful okay how do you define religion and spirituality and uh, so for me, <laughs> um, so for me religion is um organized and constructed by man spirituality is um 
is the underlying truth that's beneath all religion. Oh, beautiful. That's I love it. Okay. <laughs> What's the lesson that took you longest to learn? The lesson that took me the longest to learn. Um <laughs> got you there. <laughs> the lesson that took me the longest to learn, probably. I think patience. Patience mm. is still a lesson that I am learning of mm. how to be patient. Mm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, patience. That's yeah. the one I'm going yeah. with. Yeah, I think, and a lot of a lot of us are. <laughs> <laughs> a lesson that so it takes a lifetime um okay so do you believe there is an end to healing oh this is a good one this is a really good one because yes i do i do yeah. i do i do and i i do i feel and it's controversial right it is controversial because pretty much everyone else in the world doesn't <laughs> or anyone else. So, but, but I do, I, I do feel that it's possible that we can be in a state of full healing and that we can be in the state of, of, of absolute um, purity in the form in which we're designed to be. I do believe that. Yeah, I do as well. Um, yay, yay, there's two of us. Yes, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we never follow the crowd. We always we would take the hard decisions and hard paths. <laughs> That's why we heal. <laughs> okay, so one last one. The world needs more of what? The world needs more... love i've got so many in my head right but love gratitude um forgiveness like mm. to just the world needs more higher levels of consciousness like mm. the world needs more earth keepers yeah the world needs more you know like and they all sound a bit corny, <laughs> which is the hesitancy. And, and yeah, but I think it's just dropping into our heart, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and coming from that place because everything that's wrong with the world, wrong. You know what I mean? Like mm. everything that is destructive within the world is coming from a space of fear, mm. you know, and, and, we destroy and we kill and we hunt and we you know and it's just none of it's necessary mm. so yeah I think just all of that that I just said yeah. love forgiveness gratitude like just those really bliss fun joy play mm. happiness yeah. I could go on all day yeah. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> totally agree so um one last question before we get into the contact details. Um, what is the one message that you would like to share with someone who's going through adversity right now or someone who's going through the, their spiritual awakening and lost in the past? What is that one message that you would like to tell them? Mm. It's, it's to trust and to know that spirit has you completely and 
if you can sit with that, the people that you need will show up for you. Mm. And the book that will help will land in front of you. And the conversations, the podcasts or the 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 YouTube videos that you you need will pull you to them. And yeah, that that's it. Just knowing, just knowing that you are not on your own. Mm. Like absolutely mm. not on your own. Um because spirit's always got you and spirit is calling you into a higher, into your higher state of frequency Hmm. at all times. Like it's just bringing you back to your center at all times. And that feels painful sometimes, but Hmm. it's, it's bringing you back to where you need to be. So just trust, trust in that. Beautiful. It's a growing pains, right? Growing pains. Mm -hmm. Um, So how can people contact you? So Facebook is probably the best way. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook or Instagram, I'm on both. Mm-hmm. um facebook is just christina batty um and instagram is um christina dot batty and but those those are my main i don't really check my emails <laughs> i don't think i do either. i've got like no, in there. <laughs> not really yeah. so so through, through via facebook is is the best bet yeah. um or instagram it's one mm-hmm. of those two yeah okay well, um, thank you so much, uh, Christina, for coming on this podcast. Um, I absolutely loved interviewing you. Like I said, you carry such a loving energy and you carry such so much wisdom and experience. Um, is there one last message that you would like to give? Um, I think it's just keep doing the work hmm. and just knowing that your whatever you're doing is enough Mm. and just trusting that that we are moving to good places I believe that with all of my heart and all of my being and Mm. and I know that sometimes when we look out into the world it doesn't look that way and it doesn't feel that way Mm. but actually I really believe it I really believe it in my heart and if we are the creators of our reality then why on earth would we think or believe that we're creating anything other than magic like why would we why would we be convinced and adamant that we're going into a dystopian reality Mm. when we're the creators like see utopia feel it step into it Mm. and trust that spirit we're so supported so so supported like the whole universe is rooting for us right now and and we're doing it so just yeah beautiful keep doing it Whatever it is you're doing, just keep doing it. Okay. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you so much. It's been so beautiful. Thank you. I've loved chatting to you. And yeah, really, really gorgeous. Thank you, Madiha. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Soul Awakenings with Madiha Sosan podcast. I would love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. Share your thoughts on my Facebook and Instagram, Madiha Sosan. You can also check out my website, madiasosan.com. If you would like to watch this episode, then head over to my YouTube channel, Mads Corner, M-A-D-Z corner if you enjoyed this episode then please do rate and share this with your family and friends thank you once again and i will see you on the next episode